Hello and welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast. This is a place where we share how love can transform negative emotions and pain into strength. We talk about all things related to love, positivity, and kindness. And I am your host, Corinne Kamara. Hi, welcome to episode 11 from Miscarriage to Building Community. Today, we're going to speak to Alison Shaw, founder of Miscarriage Hope Desk. After years of reoccurring miscarriage, five in total, Allison realized there was a need for a resource to help others endure reoccurrent loss. This inspired the creation of Miscarriage Hope Desk, a resource she wished she had through her years of long fertility struggles. Allison is passionate about helping other women experiencing miscarriage to not feel alone and to help them connect to a valuable resource and help them see that they have options for moving ahead. Let's get into today's episode. Hi, welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast. It is so great to have you, Allison, here today. And I'm so touched by your story and I can't wait for people to hear about your journey. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to chat with you today. So I like to start off the show with this something called the love lesson. And the love lesson is what in your life that you had to go through that brought you to your knees, that created this certain level of transformation and the transformation has now inspired you to work on helping others. Yeah, um, (laughs) it's a good question, a loaded question. Um, So for me, it would be my fertility journey, which um, was very, as most unexpected for those that have struggled with fertility, they can probably relate. I um, went into starting a family thinking, you know, the biggest decision I had to make was how many kids do we want? (laughs) So pretty naive. Um, And um, quickly ran into an issue of um, miscarriage and then um, recurrent miscarriage that just sort of kept happening. Um, It almost became a cycle. So um, definitely um, when you say brought me to my knees, I mean, literally, right? Um, So um, it was through that journey of a few years, a total of um, five miscarriages in total, Um, But also some some happy parts in that story. And then from that, I um, created Miscarriage Hope Desk, which is um, one way for me to kind of share my story, but also just give a voice to others that have gone through pregnancy loss and recurrent loss. Um, Something that I found is, you know, often not talked about enough. A lot of times people don't share what's happening and it can be a very um, lonely place to be. So... Yeah, I feel like I work with a lot of women that are going through their own fertility journey with acupuncture, and it is very devastating having miscarriage over miscarriage. And I find that many of those women don't have a place to vent or have other people understand their grief. And wouldn't you say there's a lot of shame around it too, where people don't want to talk about it? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guilt, um, shame, um, you know, especially a lot of times people don't get answers as to why. Like, so there's having to deal with kind of this unknown of like, 
you know, what's causing this. And um, sometimes, you know, there's just not an explanation, which is very hard to kind of wrap your head around, or at least for me, it has been. Mm -hmm. So what was your process of getting to a place of balance and transformation? Can you tell us a little bit about what what internal work you need to do to get to a place where you were like, okay, now I could start talking about this? Yeah, um, for me, one, um, kind of allowing myself the time and space to grieve. Um, that was something, grief was honestly kind of new. To, I, I don't know, like I hadn't suffered a lot of loss in my life. So like the, you know, having to grieve each time, having to learn that me and my husband grieve very differently. Mm. Um, you know, that took a, a few to figure that, that piece out. Um, and really also just figuring out a way to kind of, I feel like this happens sometimes like you, and it can happen both ways, right? Like if you see that your life is going positive, you kind of feel like you're like on this positive spiral, but with the miscarriages, I always say like the feeling of it to me was like almost like a downward spiral, right? Like I felt like it kind of kept happening. And so then it just it kind of got worse or then my whole life just, it just kind of consumed my life and it just felt like I was kind of headed down, um, which is not a great place to be. And for me getting out of that actually at one point was, um, you know, along the way I told my husband multiple times, like, I don't know when I'm going to say enough is enough, but there's, there's going to be a point where I can't keep doing this. Right. Like, Mm. Um, and so that's, you know, that's something I like to remind people too, that are going through it is like, you can say, Hey, like I need a break. I need to stop. I can't take it. Um, and so it was, um, for me after my third, um, miscarriage. So a lot of mine were pretty early losses. The third was a little bit longer and I had been, I was maybe like 11 weeks, but I've been extremely sick. So horrible morning sickness, like everything was pointing to like, this was the one. And I'm you know, yeah. very um, excited about the path we were on and everything. So I was very optimistic and very shocked when I went into ultrasound and there was no heartbeat. And, mm-hmm. um, I think after that third one definitely was probably the lowest um, of the lows. And it was in that moment that I was like, look, I can't you know, I kind of raised my flag and I'm like, I can't keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and had that kind of breakdown moment. Um, and then for me, it was really, um, one grieving, like just literally crying a lot <laughs> and then, um, uh, getting quiet and, um, meditating. But also for me, it was a lot of prayer and listening. Um, and in that time of prayer and listening, um, there was something that came very loud and clear to me, and that was adoption. Um, mm-hmm. Something that we talked about even before we got married. My husband and I had talked about that being a possibility for us, even not knowing that we were going to have fertility struggles. But um, it was in that moment that I kind of I knew that that was our path. Um, my husband didn't necessarily know that, so that was kind of another um, you know journey we had to take. But I kind of pretty quickly after it's like it's I started hearing it and then it just got to the point where anytime I was silent um it was very clear so um but to me it was just like that process of clearing the space like getting through the grief and then allowing kind of the space to hear what I needed to be doing and um that really was like a pivotal moment for me and 
um, for me that it just shifted the path from like this focus on, on me and my body and our fertility and allowed us to kind of shift that elsewhere. And I'm mm-hmm. um, also ended up with a, you know, well, probably the best story of my life. Cause I got my son from that journey, but. <laughs> so did you end up adopting your son? We did. Yeah. So after that, we kind of went down the path of adoption and, um, you know, started the process and, it was like, and again, so no fertility journey is the same, no adoption journey is the same, but for us, it just was magical from the moment I started the paperwork. Like everything went, you know, they say that, oh, it's so much paperwork and it takes so much time. Maybe that's true, but for me, it was a breeze. It was super fast. Um, By the time we got approved and had a baby in our arms, again, it was not a long way. It just all felt very kind of meant to be, um, and, you know, it, it, my belief is that it was. Um, and um, yeah, I think we'd been approved for adoption for like a week or two. We weren't even with the agency we thought we were going to go with, but um, we got a call and our son was at the hospital and we had wow. you know, a few hours to pick him up. And um, the most magical part is when we were at the hospital, I was um, talking with the nurses I had on my phone, so you know, that third miscarriage that I'd gone through that had been such mm-hmm. a struggle and, oh man, like, you know, the pregnancy was just so <laughs> whole other kind of sidetrack, but, you know, dealing with a hard pregnancy after miscarriage is even more difficult, right? Because it's like, you want to be grateful that you're pregnant, but then you're, right. you know, growing up all day and really sick and so trying to be grateful, but also like struggling. And that's how that pregnancy was. Um, and I'd had in my calendar, like the weeks of pregnancy, and I deleted that off my desktop, but for some reason on my phone, those weeks of pregnancy stuck in my calendar. Mm-hmm. And when we went to pick up my, um, when we got my son at the hospital, I had looked on my calendar and I noticed that it said that I would have been 38 and a half weeks pregnant on that day. And I, so I talked to the nurse wow. and I said, so how, I said, how far along was the mom when she gave birth and they said 38 and a half weeks Whoa! when they told me that I said this is my son (laughs) oh my god this is who I've been praying for from the beginning of my pregnancy I just didn't didn't know it until that moment so it definitely so beautiful it definitely came full circle and um you know there's just never been a doubt in my mind that it's really how it was how it was meant to be and um yeah, just the whole thing felt very magical. And he's now 21 months old and just continues to be the biggest blessing of my life. So, yeah. I'm so happy for you. That's an amazing story. So then when did you decide in your journey that now you wanted to start using that pain that you went through to then help transform other women's lives? Yeah, it's something that's come up a lot um, throughout the years. So, I have been an entrepreneur basically my whole life. I have, um, I started a meal planning business about 10 years ago. My husband's also an entrepreneur. So I've kind of always been in the online space. And um, as we were going through this struggle, it was one of those things, whenever my husband and I would sit down at dinner, kind of like get some time to like decompress, 
we would just say there is a need, right? Like we just saw a need, especially actually the further we got into it, we would find out, we'd make these little discoveries of like maybe a test that we'd missed or, you know, a path that we hadn't even explored because no one had mentioned like, oh, you might want to try this or this might help. Um, and so it was through this that we're like, gosh, there really needs to be a resource for this. Um, and for me, the big thing too is there's a lot of great infertility resources and I know that recurrent loss and recurrent miscarriage, it's a form of infertility, but I never felt like I quite belonged in the infertility world because I was getting pregnant so frequently. So I just kind of felt a little different and I didn't feel like there was anything really focused on that. And like, also, you know, what should you do if you are, you know, a lot of the, the tests or what the groups talk about is like how to get pregnant. Well, I kind of had that down. So early on I definitely saw the need for it and as I continued on I just kept seeing that more and more um, and then so yeah after my after I'm trying to think so it was like last year we were going through it and finally you know Ivan was a little bit older and it just the timing felt right so I was like I'm gonna do this um, we'd actually just gone through we started down the path again of trying to conceive and hit um, done IVF and had a failed round of IVF. Um, and so I don't know, it was around that time. I was like, I'm going to do this. So I put it all together, okay. started the branding and, um, that work this past winter. And then kind of like January, I was starting to build out the website and, um, again, not a plan that I necessarily had, but in January, it turns out, I fell pregnant, um, currently still pregnant, <laughs> 37 oh my weeks God. pregnant. So um, again, not, my plan was not to have the website build out and this um, pregnancy happen at the same time, but now that it's happened again, it kind of feels very magical and meant to be that it would happen at the same time. And you know, I had no, that was by no means my, <laughs> my master plan. There's someone else mm -hmm. in charge of that. but. Um, it's been really cool to have that happening um, right. alongside each other. And um, the website launched earlier this summer, and um, it's just been um, it's been really cool. It's been because with the website, it's not just me, right? It's like bringing together a lot of experts, a lot of resources to really you know create a community and help people to connect. And um, so it's been really cool to be able to give back in that way. Okay, so. Congratulations for getting pregnant. You. Did you get pregnant from IVF or just naturally? No. So our IVF cycle, we ended up with no viable embryos. So kind of crazy to one. I mean, I think the doctor is pretty shocked because we have gotten pregnant pretty, you know, within a few months, every time we've tried. So to have that fail, and then it was maybe one or two cycles later. And it's not that we'd stop trying, but we weren't, we were actually kind of taking a step back and doing a 90 day protocol. So we were kind of 30 days into that 90 day protocol of really kind of clean eating and focusing mm -hmm. on the supplementation and all of that. And, um, but we didn't stop trying and I know my cycle and all of that. So it wasn't a complete shock, but it was, it was a little surprising considering we just had that flow of like a failed round of IVF, which honestly was a very, it was a really hard blow because I think to us, we thought by doing the IVF, it would give us options, right? Like we mm -hmm. could go down the path, like we could see, you know, how many um, 
viable embryos we had and then go down the path of maybe me caring, but also look into something like surrogacy. But we ended up with like zero options from that, which um, was really devastating, actually. So, so you did a 90 days like detox? So, well, we were 30 days into it. <laughs> so, and it wasn't that different. I've kind of along the way figured out like, I don't do caffeine because caffeine's not a big deal to me. And, you know, we've really, I, you know, been pretty healthy in our eating, but we just, we were doing a complete, we were dedicated to like zero sugar. Like I'm already gluten-free, but we were grain-free and kind of just doing a like complete, it was kind of whole 30 basically, but then also like the no caffeine and obviously no alcohol, no sugar. And, um, you know, all the supplements I've kind of been on for a few years at this point. So that wasn't a mm-hmm. big change. Lots of supplements. Yeah. That may, but that makes a big difference, like changing your diet and change. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you change something in your chemistry that allowed the pregnancy to be successful. And getting my husband, my husband's been a healthy eater. Now he hadn't given up the caffeine in the past. That was a big deal for him. So I wonder mm-hmm. if that, um, you know, cause we've had a few things along the way that we've discovered. And one of them that is that he has, um, DNA fragmentation on his sperm. So, you know, there were a few different things that we were doing to kind of account for that um, in terms of supplements, diet, and even just Mm -hmm. timing of everything. So um, I think some of that could have, I mean, you never, you you never know exactly what it is. That's hard. Well, congrats. That's awesome. (laughs) Do you know, do you know the gender? Yes, boy. So we're going to have two little boys. boys. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so great. And So now, I mean, so when you talk, so the resources that are available for women about miscarriages, um, so how is the framework? Is it just support? Is it like there's a, there's a way to heal? Like, what's your perspective on that? Yeah, so where we really started was um, articles. So I, um, I'm work, I work with a medical writer, and then I, have, I created an advisory board of five different fertility experts that I that review all of the articles because mm-hmm. something that I really wanted was I wanted the research. I wanted to know like, okay, so I also found out I have a blood clotting issue, but I wanted to know like really what that meant and what the research showed. And I found online, I would kind of find like these like fluff pieces that are like, mm. explain it how the doctor would, they would dumb it down for me. But I'm like, no, I really want to know like, this what the study said (laughs) like Mm -hmm. what the you know what i need to be doing and so um that's where we started was building out some um really in-depth articles on what the research says we're still building those out and you know again working with experts um to do that so as a background i'm a dietitian and have a master's in nutrition communication so i kind of learned how to like read through studies in school and everything but i also I'm not a doctor, I'm not a fertility expert other than just having been through it myself. And um, so, you know, I felt strongly about getting some experts on board to really make sure that we were in line with what we were saying. So we have doctors and OBs that we work with. So that's been really um, good to have that support. So that's where we started. Um, And then, you know, the other big piece for me is sharing stories of hope. So finding people Mm -hmm. that have kind of walked the path so you can see, I know, Gosh, in the beginning, I just felt like, who's, who's gone through this? I felt like I was kind of the only one. And so just, um, but, you know, the, now the more you're in it, you realize, gosh, there's a lot out there. It's just not talked about. So mm-hmm. 
um, finding those stories of hope. And we have those both on the website and then also a podcast where we interview um, people that have been through it and how they kind of came out on the other side. So sharing those stories as well. Um, that's the other big piece of it. And then um, eventually we're working on, um, I have a, a course that's going to help people kind of navigate the next steps and figure out how to move forward. Because to me, that's where it's like, you know, going back to what you were asking about the story of like, you have options, but in the moment you don't feel like you do. And so helping people to kind of see that bigger picture, maybe give them options that, you know, a doctor may just send you down a certain path, but there are other, you know, options. And, um, you know, we explored a lot of those, you know, we went down the path of adoption and now we're going down, you know, the path of, uh, you know, uh, biological child. And, you know, so, but there, none of those options are, it's just giving people a chance to see that all of those are out there. Or even, you know, deciding to not have kids like that is an option. And a doctor is not going to tell you that and like let you explore that. So, yeah. yeah. So it's a safe place where people can explore mm -hmm. their reproductive journey. Yeah. And just see that bigger picture. You know, I think mm -hmm. a lot of times it feels like, oh, you have to do this next step. Well, no, take a step back, <laughs> breathe check in with yourself. And that's the other big thing of just like, right. check in with yourself, what feels right for you. Like, it doesn't matter what the outside world is saying, like, you need to check in with you. And what are you comfortable with? What do mm -hmm. you want to do? And the choice really is ultimately, like, you can decide that. So giving right. people kind of the tools to advocate for themselves. And it's for women that are going through IVF or IUI, and also women yep. that are naturally trying to get pregnant. Yep, all of the above, whatever, you know, kind of path is right for them. Okay. Yeah, because I feel like the IVF, I mean, all women that suffer miscarriages, um, mm -hmm. it's sad. And I also feel like the pe women that are going through the IVF cycle, the chemical pregnancies, I feel like are so devastating, like what you were mentioning, that you feel like you're pregnant, you have all the signs, and then you go get tested, and there's nothing there. And I've just seen so many women break down. And... I'm so happy that you're offering this type of service for them and other yeah. women that need it because it's so important. And what about the male factor? Is there a support for the fathers? Yeah, so we're, we're wrapping that in kind of gradually. Um, you know, it is definitely more targeted toward the women, but like we, just this past week, we actually had a, a father that was on the podcast to give that male perspective and oh, um, definitely on the resource side of things. Um, we've included some articles on research into male factors because I found for me, there were certain tests that like we saw five or six doctors before anyone gave my husband that sperm fragmentation test, which he ended up having and it changed, you know, the protocol that we used. And so mm -hmm. it's, to me, it's just crazy when they're like, well, you're, you're getting pregnant, so he must be fine. Well, that's not true. <laughs> you know, the, the embryo is still a 50-50 embryo. Right. And there can be, I mean, sperm DNA fragmentation is a very good example of like that can lead to miscarriage. So, um, you know, there's a lot that I think sometimes with miscarriage, you think, well, you're getting pregnant, so you don't need to look at that. But, it, the, but egg quality and sperm quality are still very important. And um, sometimes overlooked. So yeah, we're definitely trying to make sure that that's a part of the, of the puzzle. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I often tell that to my couples as well, that it's also the male, like he also needs to be on the supplements, doing the dietary change and also making those lifestyle changes to support the pregnancy. Because you're right, it's 50-50. Like it's not yeah. just yeah. And anyone that says he doesn't need to be tested for anything, that's just not true. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Otherwise it's like an endless cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let me ask you some infinite love questions that I ask all my guests. How do you use love in your work? Oh gosh. I mean, I think my, my work really it stems from love, right? I think, you know, building a family and, and wanting children. I mean, that's kind of, to me, the definition of love, you know, the second that my, I held my son in my arms like that, that's like the deepest love you'll ever know. So um, yeah, to me, my work is helping other women to kind of find, find that love on their own. Nice. And how do you feel that your work is used to uplift humanity? Oh gosh. I mean, if I can help one person that was in shoes similar to me that kind of felt very alone and lost, I mean, then in some ways my work is done. I mean, I'll keep going, right. I'm hoping to help as many as I can, but, um, yeah, there, I just, there's such a need to, to lift women up when they're going through this and to help them realize that they, they really aren't alone. They did not cause it. I mean, that's the biggest hurdle too. Mm-hmm. Is so many, the first thought is always like, what did I do? Looking back over the few weeks and trying to find, you know, have that guilt and shame and help people to realize that that's just not the case. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, it's really mm-hmm. important for, to move past whatever you're moving through to recognize mm-hmm. that it's not all self-inflicted, that there are circumstances outside yourself that can be changed to support yeah. whatever you want to achieve for sure. So what does it mean for you to be a positive force of goodness in the world? Oh, wow. To be a positive force of goodness is just to, you know, share. I don't, I, like I, the journey was hard, right? Like I had a lot of like down moments, but then I've had so many, like I talked about, I kind of call them my, my magical moments and to be able to kind of share that with the world so they can see that it is possible and help them to, to have hope. I mean, that's why I have hope in the, the name of the, the, the companies. I really, mm-hmm. I think that that's the thing that's needed more than anything is, you know, you, when you're in a low time in your life, you need to somehow find hope. And sometimes just by seeing other people that have gone through something similar, you can, can build up that hope. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole premise of this, of this podcast is to, sh- yeah. to demonstrate um, when people go through really traumatic, painful events in their life that there is a, a path to healing. And mm-hmm. love is one of the ways you can do that. But there's lifestyle, there's willingness, there's awareness, there's so many different ways of getting to a point where you're transformed. And that painful situation created a purpose in your life. And mm-hmm. you could look back and be like, that happened for a reason. Now I can actually take this experience and help other people if, if I choose to. Not everyone chooses to do that. But for mm-hmm. those that do, it's really powerful because you would be able to do what you're doing today had you not go, gone through all those unfortunately painful situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, there's, there's beauty in the pain. You just have to wait for it and be patient. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> 
Absolutely. Okay, so these are the fun questions. What do you currently love most about your life? Um, just my family. I, I, you know, like being able to, gosh, like having a, is he 21 months? He'll be 21 months in a few days. 20, having a 21 month old. I mean, that is like pure entertainment. Um, and being able to just experience pregnancy too. Like I, I got to the point. So when we chose to go the route of adoption, something that I grappled with was, am I okay if I go through life and don't experience like a full term pregnancy and I came to the decision that I was okay with that. Um, and then, you know, have obviously now I'm very grateful that I I get to experience it. So getting to, um, experience pregnancy has just been the biggest blessing that I wasn't sure that I would get to experience and have that. And then, you know, have my son experience it right alongside with me. It's just been, it's been so beautiful. It's like getting to have all of us together and, I know 2020 has been a very strange year, but in some ways it's been a blessing that my, my entire family has got to be home. My husband often travels a lot for work, but he's been here the entire time and has been a really big support. I had a very rough 20 weeks of pregnancy. The first, and yeah, the first trimester. Get out of bed and yeah, I was no. um, nonstop throwing up. So I've really only enjoyed the last few months of it, but the last few months have been pretty, pretty spectacular. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. How do you feel you receive love? Oh, gosh. Um, Through gratitude, I think. Um, I mean, I think a lot of times I feel like love is all around you. You just have to like, you have to recognize it. And for me, like gratitude really helps me to be aware that it's there. I mean, I think that's especially true when you look at like relationships, right? Like a husband and wife, a male, female is kind of very prime example of, you know, he may be giving you all the love, but you're just, you know, you kind of give and receive it in different ways. And so mm-hmm. um, for me, having a, a gratitude practice of writing down what I'm grateful for, um, mm-hmm. my husband and I each night share three things that we appreciate about the other from the day. And um, you know, things like that really help me to to realize that the love is there when sometimes you don't. It's yeah, easy a, to kind of like gloss over it, I think. I love that practice that you and your husband share. I think that's a really important one to really validate mm-hmm. how you feel about each other. Because I feel like it's very, very easy to take other people for granted. So it's, yeah. it's important that you maintain that. And that's beautiful. Yeah. And it's sometimes surprising the things that they notice throughout the day. I'm like, oh, you, I didn't even know you noticed I did that. So, <laughs> good way to end the day. <laughs> yeah, totally. And when, when do you feel the most love? So I asked you, how do you feel the most love? When do you feel the most love? Um, when I'm with those that I love. So, yeah. um, you know, when I'm with my son or my husband, or I have two cats. And I mean, I've got to be honest, I feel like pets are like, their pets are love. <laughs> I don't know. I'm into, I'm into my cats. My husband laughs at me, but um, I mean, I feel like by watching the, my cats, I'm like, they're just pure love. So, uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I, I think anytime you're around, um, and when I'm with my friends, I've not, unfortunately this year has been a harder year, but you know, even when I'm, you know, with a close girlfriend or something too, I just think when you're around those, you're, 
we love, you even feel it. It's really yeah. special. Well, this last question you've already mentioned, but you know, we'll ask it again. Where has love created a miracle in your life? Oh yeah, I mean my 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 family is a miracle. Both of my <laughs> both of my babies are miracle babies in their own way, and both of them are just magical, right? I know I keep mm -hmm. using that word, but um, yeah, I feel like um, they're both both little miracles, and um, other people that have been on a any sort of path of infertility. I know any any mom like loves and appreciates her child but if you've right. been on the path of infertility it really it makes that first year at least for me it made that first year so, so much easier because it's like you waited so long that there was yeah. nothing that he threw at me that first year that was like i wasn't ready to take on so it's like you you're just so ready for it <laughs> right you appreciate the you appreciate the fact that you get to be a mom yeah yeah, yeah. sure and I wanted to ask you, because I was curious about, you mentioned before you got your um, first son that you had a mm -hmm. prayer practice. So can you tell um, us a little bit more about specifically, like how do you pray and like what was your um, method methodology around that? Sure, yeah. And I mean, it, it, change, it, it changes and evolves over time. Um, but I remember that time specifically. So I um, have done transcendental meditation Okay. Um, so at the time what I was doing, and actually I don't even do this currently, but I was doing a kind of a 20 minute meditation first to kind of get like grounded. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards I would just kind of sit still and listen. So during the meditation, I really tried to clear my head, but then after, um, you know, some, I, I would have questions maybe that, I mean, I really just had one question, like, what should I do? Right. Like it was kind of like the question was there. So I didn't really have to like, get like super specific and ask it because I was like kind of just like one burning thing of like what do I do like how do I get through this um and um and I I feel like there's when I get quiet enough there's a few times where I can hear something I'm like okay I know this is a message from <laughs> from God I mean that's that's yeah. how I feel and yeah. it was so the adoption thing came up and then the other thing that came up a lot and this is something i shared through the miscarriage hope Dex, uh, resources was um don't do just be which is really <laughs> not what you want to hear when you're going through a fertility journey you like want to do everything you can yeah and it was just a good reminder though that like yes you want to like take the right steps and take the actions that feel right for you but like don't try and do it all you really just have to kind of get calm and centered. And when I did that, that's when I realized like, oh gosh, like I'm really feeling called to adopt. Um, so yeah, it was the, the meditation coupled with just the listening uh, more than mm -hmm. anything. And then the other thing, the other piece of it was anytime I was in my car. So we live in the country and I would have, I've got an hour drive into Austin. So when I'm in the car, one, that's when the tears come and I let them. Mm -hmm. So if I had a long drive, I would maybe cry. But then afterwards, I would just get really silent in the car. And that's when I feel like I would kind of hear things that would come to me and hear some answers. So um, I just think for me, my advice would be anyone that wants to kind of hear some of that or pray, you know, just figure out how you can get quiet and where that is for you. Maybe it's a car, maybe it's a right. shower or a long walk, but um, to me, that's kind of been the key is like creating the space and really just like putting the phone down, putting the technology down and mm -hmm. kind of tapping into that. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing. Because I think that's such a valid point to start to go inward because I feel like whenever you're in a situation where you're in a lot of pain, you're always looking for outside sources to help alleviate that. When yep. really the power comes from within, like exactly being able to just yes. go with, go inside yourself and really start to figure out what you need and what is being called to you, what you're being called to do. And mm -hmm. that's where the miracles happen. So I think yeah. um, you're a perfect example of that. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Allison. This has been wonderful. Where can people find you or find so, the website? Yeah, so the website's Miscarriage Hope Desk. Our social channels are all, so Instagram and Facebook or Miscarriage Hope Desk. So that's, that's the best place to find me. <laughs> okay, and I'll have all your information in the show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really loved your story and I hope that people can reach out to you in their time of need. It's a great service that you're offering. Well, thank you for having me. I really, I really love what you're doing and I love the premise behind all of this. So um, keep, keep going with it. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Sending you lots of love. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and tune in on Tuesdays for new episodes. For more information about me, please follow me on Instagram at Corinne J. Camara and my website, CorinneCamara.com. Sending you lots of infinite love.